Hello, Sober Town, and welcome to the Sober Town podcast. Uh, we are aboard the wonderful, wonderful Sober Train. And today it's two for one day, and my best friend here is back. So uh, she, <laughs> good morning, everybody. I am Polly, and with me back on the train is my sober sister. It's Karina. Oh, hello, darling. Good to have you hello. back. Thank you. Thank you for um, delaying the train for me today as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Things happen, as we know, and we just go with the flow. And we had some beautiful people sitting in your seat while you were gone. So we did some wonderful podcasts. Uh, They did did justice to your seat. They did. (laughs) Yes, listen to them all. They're brilliant. They were brilliant. So, so we yeah. Th- yeah we thank all those that contributed to those po- podcasts while yeah. our, our friend Karina was gallivanting and she, while she was gallivanting I will tell you this she was actually spreading the sober word so yes because of Bumblebee's <laughs> attraction it also attracted others and she spread the word but today we are I am going to let Karina lead this podcast because this is something that she is a lot more knowledgeable about than I am. So I'm going to let her introduce the topic we're going to talk about today. And I will sit in the background and put my hand up now and again and ask a question, which I know that's going to be difficult for you. (laughs) (laughs) Someone said to me this week, because I said, I'm going to be going quiet for a few days. And they said, "Uh, they don't expect it to be for that long. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to hand over to Karina to get on with this one and introduce the topic. Go ahead, Karina. Thank you. We'll see how long you last. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, lips, I'll not... wrap my lips around my cup of tea. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, so I, I just thought um, it would be good for us to talk about self-harm. Now, I'm certainly not an expert in this, but I have my views in the same way as, as other people do about self-harm. And it just, and, and the reason this came up for me was because, you know, I've, I've got rid of the cigarettes, I've got rid of the alcohol, but I'm really, really struggling with the sugars and the junk food. And um, this is kind of twofold for me, that as a child, we are rewarded if we or you know with sweeties if we're good if we fall over and hurt ourselves you know out comes the lollipops so we're, we're rewarded with sugars as kids um so there's kind of and I was also very aware that when I was nursing and if I had a really heavy session with somebody and had to be the adult and the parent in the room immediately I go to the corner shop after my session and buy loads of penny sweeties or kiddie sweeties you know to fill my face and make myself feel better so sweeties and chocolate and sugars make us feel better or that's what we're taught at a very young age now sugars for me um cause an awful lot of issues and especially chocolate because I'm lactose intolerant and um I'd started listening someone had shared I think it was Macca actually had shared something about Gaber Matty um on the I Am Saber app and I watched a video link of his on YouTube and it struck me one of the things he said was that addiction is anything that gives you temporary relief but has a an or happiness but has a long-term negative effect and I thought this is very true of my sugar eating because it inflames on my joints it makes my physical conditions a lot worse but it gives me some um, relief and happiness at that time but then it long term it gives me bad bad effects and I, I started to think a little bit about 
self-harm and is, is this a form of punishment or self-gratification or, or self-harm and I have kind of probably a bit of a different view of self-harm than a lot of my mental health nursing colleagues and probably the general population but I remember when I was nursing people would often say you know people where do people learn to self-harm where do they learn to cut themselves and do these sorts of things to themselves and my view has always been that it isn't a learned behavior it is actually an intrinsic and instinctive behavior because if we think of toddlers or babies you know babies teething what they do they chew on teething rings or they chew on their fingers or suck on their thumbs um babies or, or toddlers you know they start to bang themselves on the head they'll headbutt the floor you know when they're screaming and having temper tensions we talk about the terrible twos now nobody's taught them to do that but all two-year-olds do that you know they always have these tantrums I had a, one of my sons, uh, when he was having a tantrum, he used to just sit on the floor and the back of his head would be going against the wall. Boom, 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 mm. boom. Yeah, so yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Go ahead. yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, from a very early age, we are, when we can't, you know, especially babies, they cannot vocalise or verbalise their emotional pain, can they? Because they can't talk. So that, at a very young age, we start to change physical pain and emotional pain or, or you know convert it by distracting ourselves or converting that pain and that's something that we continue to do right the way through um our life um if you think for example if you go to the dentist or to a doctor's and have a minor procedure we tend to grip the arms of the dentist chair oh yes again, yeah we're diverting the pain from our mouth to our hands and it's a distraction so self-harm is something you know is it a form of harm or is it something that we're doing to deter ourselves and distract ourselves and people that cut and burn again sometimes it can be a form of punishment sometimes it can be just a way because we cannot cope with that emotional pain and the physical pain you know is easier to cope with sometimes than the emotional pain um and sometimes it's just anger you know, there's lots of different reasons why people self self-harm um but to, to me my views on it is it's just it's easier to handle physical pain than it is emotional pain and one of the things that we know in sobriety is that once we, you know, my, my dentist, going back to dentists, actually, when I said to him when I was about six, seven months sober that, I, you know, I needed a gum shield, a guard, because I was like grinding my teeth at night. And I said, because mm. I'm seven, seven months sober. And he said to me, oh, well done, I'm 19 years sober. And he said to me, the thing is, he said, I stopped drinking and then I realised just how crazy I was, you know. Because <laughs> I, and it's true. You it? have to feel because, your feelings. Yeah to feel you feel so you know sometimes with you know and we are kind of self-harming with 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 anything that that we do any sort of addiction you know is going to be a form of even gambling you know you're going to be harming because you're harming the finances relationships you know situations and um i actually picked up a magazine and it and it, it when you started talking, I started thinking about this one, habits that are secretly making us unhappy. So any habit, I think, that we get into that makes us unhappy, 
we build and there has to be an outlet of some kind. Hmm. With a lot of, with a lot of us, my, I, I have to admit my outlet is crying. And another one is, I, and I think a lot of women will relate to this one. I eat my emotions. Mm. So it is self-harm, chocolate, ice cream. It's the sweet stuff. And I think it's the old, um, we're sad. What can we do? Have something nice. So if you're sad, you go, uh, what can you look for for a reward that will make you feel better? Mm. The old, you know, habits and rewards, like you say. Um, and like you tell the children, if you're good, you can have a, a lollipop. If you're good, you can have ice cream. If you eat all your dinner, you can have ice cream, the reward system. So even if that child does not like what they're eating, they'll punish themselves by eating it so they can get to the reward. Mm. So I'm wondering if some of the self-harm you're talking about the cutting, um, the burning, that there's so many other ways is like a reward for people who have, who are trying to get emotions out. And I'm not sure if I'm making sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I don't, I, I guess, yeah, with some people possibly, because some people actually get gratification from actually yeah. looking and bloodletting some people get um gratification from that you know I, i'm not i'm not promoting this in any way no 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 we're just that, talk- folks this uh, is just a discussion we are like karina said yeah. at the beginning we're by no means experts we're just exploring yeah. a topic topic yeah um but yeah some people do get some gratification from what we call bloodletting um you know that that is something but a relief ed- yeah, a relief. It's a relief and a release. And but as we always say, everybody's individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're all individuals. So it's all different for every single one of us, sort of the different feelings we get, the different reasons that we do it. Um, you know, but it, it's, yeah, I, I think it does come back to, you know, it's about changing emotions. And it's just for me, I think, is what is it about us that we cannot express our emotions that well we we you know you talked about crying it's yes. a great expression you know it's great to be able to do mm. that how many times have we told us kids stop crying you know and I said that to yeah. Jack you know to my Jack tell my children the same you know? thing yeah stop crying and I, I didn't about you but when I was young as well it's like stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about oh know? my gosh yeah do you want something <laughs> to cry about yeah no yeah yeah uh, yeah give me a thump that make me cry yeah. even more. Um, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I am guilty of those. It, it's the way you're brought up. You heard your mother say it to you, so you say it to yours. So, you know, um, hopefully t- my son doesn't do that with my grandchildren. <laughs> so I hope he doesn't do, don't do as I do, you know, yeah. sort of thing. But, yeah, I think to me, I mean, I had a very emotional week. And it built and it built through the week. And then I had one, I think it was Friday. I think it was either, yeah, it was Friday. And it was late in the day Friday. And I just sat and I let it all out. I sat by myself because that's how I like to do it. I sat by myself and I just cried. 
and I let it all out. And um, no, was it Friday? Yeah. And then, uh, no, Saturday, sorry. <clears throat> and then um, I've lost the days of the week here. <laughs> yeah, it, it was one day anyway, <laughs> at the end of the week. <laughs> and one of the girls, we were in a doing a Zoom on Friday. And one of the ladies, she is, she is so good with stuff like this. She's amazing. Um, we need her on a podcast, by the way. And okay. she said, when you go to bed tonight, she said, close your eyes and just say, I take back all of my energy from any place. Meaning wherever I've expended all my energy, I take it back. Because you, you get so emotionally depleted you have to have a release. So I'm wondering if self-harm is when your emotions are in such a place that how do you get them out? Mm. Well, you eat chocolate or you eat ice cream or you have a good cry. You know, I don't know about you, but I've gone in the bath many a night and lay there and cried my eyeballs out because it's the one mm. place, you know, you can lock the door and have privacy. We drank alcohol, which... How much self-harm were we doing? Oh, loads, mm -hmm. loads. And I don't think we were intentionally harming ourselves at that time, um, but we were numbing those feelings, weren't mm -hmm. we? We couldn't, yeah. we couldn't cope with the emotional feelings. So we numbed them and gave ourselves a lot of physical pain, like the next day and with hangover, mm -hmm. vomiting and, you know, sleeping on the bathroom floor or whatever, you know, it's, of taking you away from that emotional hurt that we just you know you talked just now about crying and I thought yeah automatically when I feel the, the tears coming um I bite my lip I mm. bite my bottom lip to try and stop myself that which comes from childhood I've probably. stopped I stopped yeah I stopped you I let them out stop. yeah I, I do and I am a crier but it's still an automatic thing of like you know how many of us bite our lip to try and stop ourselves from crying or do something suppress. like suppress it's exactly what we do with alcohol we suppressed it didn't we the alcohol yeah. helped us suppress it but saying the relief and crying now is a release and a relief how many times did we crack that bottle or open that can and that first sip we went oh, oh. yeah you know how I dare anybody not to say that they sat there and went, Phew. and mm. they drank that first glass or that first can of beer or whatever it was as a kind of a release and a relief. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think also um, it kind of then gets earlier and earlier, doesn't it? It's like if suddenly my last patient at work cancelled, and I could get off from work earlier. I even had the relief then of like, mm -hmm. oh, I yeah. can get home. I can have a drink earlier, you know. And then it comes with opening the bottle of wine. So yeah, it 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 is a relief. But interestingly, I think as well coming back to Gober Matty, where it mm -hmm. says addiction is anything that gives you temporary relief or happiness. It did give me relief at the end. It didn't give me the happiness. I didn't even like the taste of the alcohol at the end, but I was still having to do it. King 13 came out with an expression um, that uh, our good friend Todd said, 
And it actually hits the nail on the head for this. And it is sobriety delivers what alcohol promised. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It gave us lots of false lies, didn't Mm -hmm. it? Yep. So, I mean, you see the ads on the TV. Everybody sat around a nice big bonfire on the beach, having a good time, chatting, laughing, little bottles of beer or whatever in their hands. And you think, yeah, alcohol looks like you can have a good time with it. And maybe you can at the start, but slowly with those of us that can't control it, there is no happiness sat around a bonfire on the beach because most of the time you're sat on your own. Yeah. And, and it's a bit like the adult sweetie thing, isn't it? Like we've yep. talked about other sweets, you know, if you're feeling out of sorts or not very happy or you've hurt yourself, as kids you get sweets and then alcohol with all the advertising promises all that that's mm-hmm. going to make everything better. But but it doesn't. It just robs you of, of everything. I think we, um, it, it all comes down to um, learning what works for you as well uh, to help you with your emotions. We talk about meditation, um, deep breathing, um, crying, which mm-hmm. to me, that's a huge one for me, crying. I'll go and sit and cry and, you know, I'll go and find a quiet place. Um, I did it on uh, Friday, no, Saturday early. It was about half past six in the morning and I was out and about early and I went and sat down by the lake and had a good cry. Mm-hmm. And it felt good. It, it Coming back, it felt good. And it does lighten you. And so I'm wondering if these people who self-harm get the same kind of relief that we got when we first opened that bottle of wine. Or that can of beer, that sudden, ah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the majority of them would. And, you you know, there's lots of different techniques that we can try and use to um, help people not not self-harm. Like, you know, the mindfulness meditation, um, writing letters, therapy, talking about it, Mm -hmm. or, you know, looking at at different therapy for trauma. But do you know what? Sometimes... um, you people can learn these tools we talk a lot about toolboxes and people will have these tools and you can teach people the tools to do it but at the end of the day sometimes the only thing that's going to work is for them to do the self-harm that that Mm -hmm. they and and you know it doesn't matter which is a bit like sort of alcohol and relapses as well isn't it yeah that that people know that that they can ask for help they know there's stuff out there but sometimes they don't even want that the only thing at that moment in time is going to be um to have a drink and then you're left with all the well well, that's what you think anyway you know we know now that Mm -hmm. that's not gonna that's just pressing the button um but that mindset at that time is you don't think that anything else is going to to work and that's then when we we get triggered and and relapse and it's it's you become so blinkered to everything outside it's it's like tunnel vision almost Mm. you can see it there and you and you're thinking I need that that's going to help me I need that no you don't need that but at the time you're in it you can't see that Mm. and something I read um I actually only read it yesterday that and it's um, it's someone who says that you should not tell anyone who's dependent on alcohol that it's a disease because when you tell someone they've got a disease, 
it's almost an excuse for a relapse. Yeah, I, I can't help it. It's my illness. <laughs> yeah, it's my illness. So, I mean, that's a harsh thing, isn't it? But I, when I read it, it's, here we go again. I had this light bulb moment and I'm thinking, because I, I truly believe it's a, it's a really bad habit we get into. It's, here we go, it's habits. It's the habit of reward. You know, you had your sweeties, you know, um, you ate all your dinner. You know, well, I've got a disease. I can't help this if I occasionally have to go and have a, a binge drink. No, we haven't got a disease. We've got a bad habit. We've got the bad habit of drinking alcohol. And I had a bad habit of smoking. And I stopped. It took a long time, but eventually I got there and I stopped. I had a bad habit with alcohol. It took a long time, but eventually I stopped. I don't think I've got an incurable disease. No, and I think every, but everybody's um, take on it is different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Book you yeah. And I think, you know, you people just need to call their whatever it is, whatever sits happily and healthily with them. The one thing I would say is that if you do refer to it as disease or illness or addiction or whatever, guess what, people? It's curable. Yes. It's a curable one. And you know what? This is the biggest one that you will ever have power over. You Mm -hmm. are the only person that can cure yourself of this, of whatever it is, whatever you wish to cure it. It is only you. Yes, we need support. Yes, we need connection. But it is only you that can stop drinking and have complete control over that and and work it it's not easy we you know you have to work your sobriety and that's where all the support comes in um but you know you you don't well some of us will need doctors and medical detoxes in in the first instance and as we always say um you know if you are drinking heavily we do encourage people to go and see a medical practitioner because you you know you may need a detox initially to come off the amount of alcohol because it can be very dangerous to just stop it um so medical guidance is is good we didn't all do that but it is something we would recommend really you do it with a medical professional um but actually the rest of it after that medical detox is in your hands and yeah and it's how much your head wants you sober and any addiction is self-harm, like you said at the beginning. Anything that you're doing that is detrimental to you, detrimental to your family, um, detrimental to your finances, to your health, is self-harm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people who are overweight need help a lot of the time to help them come back to regular eating. I needed help to give up alcohol. I did seek, I did speak to my doctor, my primary doctor. And and I think the more honest you are about your issues and what is the underlying things, because there's always something that's at the root cause. (coughs) A lot of the time it's stress, self-image a lot of it because and a lot of us women we struggle with self-image and a lot of that is because of the expectations that have been put on us to look a certain way act a certain way you know all that kind of stuff 
So there's, I think we are all in some way self-harming with one thing or another. Internet, is that not self-harm because you're taking time away from family? Mm-hmm. So you're harming yeah. your family? We, we could open the net right wide. Yeah, really it can cover through. so much. Yeah. And, and again, that's addiction again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's interesting what you say about sort of our, our image, our self-image, because, um, as you know, I'm really, really still struggling with the sugars. Um, I managed to get to about a week and then I, I'm just really struggling with the sugars. And I know that I'm going to hurt and be unwell with that the next the next day and one of the things is that every time I've tried recently and I've been really good and I've eaten really well for a week I've put on weight or haven't lost any weight so I'm like oh what's the point well actually the point is it's not so much about the weight for me the point is actually that it makes me ill and um I shouldn't be eating it mm-hmm. and I, do you know what I'm gonna I used to have on my fridge and I think I'm gonna put it back there although I don't snack an awful lot from my fridge I have to think of somewhere else to put it I used to have a, a message that said are you hungry if yes what is it that you really want to eat and then eat it if you have it if no what is it that you really want because a lot of the time it's I'm not actually hungry I'm not actually hungry mm-hmm. I'm just wanting to gorge on I'm not a carby person. It's chocolates and sweets. It's chocolates and sweets. But but that has also got to me in the same way as alcohol did. I don't actually even enjoy it anymore. I don't enjoy eating the, the sugars and the sweets and the chocolate, but it's almost like a compulsion of something that I have to do. And I'm still trying to, like with anything, any self-harm, any addiction, I'm trying to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. That I need. What is it that I'm covering up? Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Tired most mm-hmm. of the time just lately. And um, it's like me with chocolate. I keep the chocolate in the fridge. Normally, I'm really, really good. I can eat just two little pieces of chocolate and I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. If I, um, But this week, and I know, and you saying that you eating it affects your health. Eating chocolate like that affects my sleep. Mm. It's too much sugar. It's too much caffeine. Um, I cut my caffeine off at a certain time of day, but then I'll go and eat chocolate. You know, mm. it's, it's ridiculous. And for two nights, I slept badly, restless, you know, a restless mind and all that kind of stuff. There was no, there was no really nice sleep restful sleep and I know it was chocolate the first night so what did I do the second night went straight back there again yeah so I am happiest when it's not in the house yeah I I can't have it in the house I'm a bit like that Mm -hmm. I don't have it in the house it's not here but I found myself actually doing the little shopping trips out like I used to do for my wine you know to go and but it was interesting when the lady said to me in in one of our groups um what about that you don't um because I keep resetting on my Mm -hmm. my sugar food and what about you don't count your junk food and just have yourself little treats every now and again but it comes back to that moderation if I allow myself something now then it's okay I'm not counting so I'll have it every day 
and just get worse. Um, so it's it's something to do with that, you know, I don't know, permission. Um, if I give myself permission, I'll just do it all the time. And and as you just said, you had a bad sleep, so you just then do it the next night. And it's almost like the alcohol thing, isn't it? If you've yeah. got no sympathy for yourself because it's self-induced. So it's like I've got no sympathy for myself because it's self-induced. And if I eat this, it's going to hurt, but oh, well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm. And then I had my good cry, so I'm fine. So I don't need chocolate now. <laughs> Maybe I should have cried before I got the chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was. Um, I don't know. The universe was having a real wobble for the last week or so because there's been yeah, so much going on, and yeah. it, you know, and um, we are involved with a lot of people. Um, so our lives are quite busy giving back and helping others stay sober and it gets quite emotional at times which is understandable I mean I suffer with my emotions Karina suffers with her emotions I mean although we're well over a year sober we're still we're still actually getting up every morning one day at a time Mm -hmm. and still pledging to say I'm not drinking today and um because it's it's a I think the way I'm choosing to describe it is it's now a lifestyle. This is this is a lifestyle for me. I just got to get the chocolate under control. Yeah. <laughs> don't put yeah. any ice. Don't bring me any ice cream, folks. <laughs> oh, gosh, truth. No, we actually we discovered that uh, Dan's uh, ice cream and Dan do not get along. Okay. And here's one for you: ice cream and Dan do not get along, but unfortunately. I'm the one who has to put up with the results of Dan eating ice cream. (laughs) So in the interest of of myself, I cut off his ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, here we go. I have got, and I said it this week, I've got to start practicing what I preach. If I know the chocolate is bad for me and I know I'm in an emotional place, I need to do what I should do, what I tell others to do. I need to reach out. And that's maybe when you feel that way, reaching out. And because we keep thinking we got to be strong for everybody. And that's the worst about women. We always feel like, you know, we got to be strong for the family. If one of the family is going through something, we've got to be the strong one. We got to be there. We got to, you know, take charge, this, that, and the other. And we forget to allow ourselves some grace to lean on others. I'm guilty of that. I am really guilty of it. And um, I think um, I need to learn to reach out a lot more Mm. when I'm feeling like that. Yeah, I need to as well. I think I just... I. I don't seem to be, I would have done with alcohol, so I don't know why, or, or would I? Would I have just tried to deal with it myself? Perhaps my mind was, so, I was so determined this time. I, I don't know, but I I do need to reach out rather than just going, oh, it's only chocolate. Oh, it's only sweets. Because it makes me ill. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm flipping about it until the next day when I'm in pain, you know. And Put uh, it on the fridge, on the cupboard. It's only, it's only equals pain. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. It's only equals pain, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm. it, and here's one. I am not getting any younger, so <laughs> I think I need to start 
being even more careful with myself. And what I've noticed is, and I don't know why, whether it's the emotions, um, whether it's the chocolate or what, it's affecting my motivation to do what I was doing just three months ago. Mm. So um, I'm needing to kick my own ass and get myself out of a slump. And I don't mean, um, and it's a mindset thing. Here we go again. It's all mindset, isn't it? It's the chocolate, the sweets, the ice cream, the alcohol, um, sex, the internet, our phones. It's, it's all of that. Um, and yeah, I need to kick my own ass, I think. And yeah. As you know, I, I'm going to be out for um, a little bit. Anybody who wants to keep my seat warm, you're more than welcome. I'm sure Karina will enjoy. And it's always nice on this journey to hear from people other than just us, which. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, it, yeah. So anyone who wants to sit in my seat for a bit is more than welcome. <laughs> um, and yeah, I. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, this journey changes on a regular basis and we move into different parts of it. And I think I'm in an emotional part of it at the moment. But we have to work through these things, don't we? Maybe that's why chocolate and stuff like that. So um, I need to um, go back to my basics, I think, and go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm which is connecting, talking with people, um, allowing people to guide me for a change. Mm. Yeah, and that's part of self-care, isn't it? And taking care of yourself. And that's something that, okay, we'll, we'll pledge to do together. Yeah, I need to let people help me. Yeah. Yeah, self-care and something, yeah, so I'll pledge with you. We need to let people help us. <laughs> Yay! And um, we need to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to reach out instead of reaching for the chocolate um, because I haven't got it here. I don't have junk here. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, rather than going for a drive up to the shop, it's much easier to reach for my phone and ask for help, isn't it? So mm-hmm. that is something that, that I need to be doing. So I will pledge with you yep. and we will do that. And I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop like getting like, like if I get on the scales and I haven't lost weight or if I put a little bit on, that mustn't affect me now. It's gotta be. I think that we can't be governed by the scale. That is something we can't be governed mm. by. Um I think a true measure of how you're feeling is when you look in the mirror in the morning, you put a smile on your face, you know, you put your clothes on, they feel good. That that's it. Yeah. As, as women, we both know when when you have to breathe in that little bit further to button up the jeans, that's when you start feeling this, oh, oh I feel like a fat, 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 fat. See your muffin top. Muffin yeah. Top. Oh, and it's uncomfortable. And it, is. it all of a sudden, it affects the way you feel about yourself. There's no positivity. You've suddenly put all the negative emotions in front of you. I look mm. fat. My hair's not right. I look ugly today. Look at this. I can't find a top that hides it all. You know, all this kind of stuff. So we need to get to the positives. 
And we've moved away a little bit from the subject of self-harm. But it is, I suppose, that is self-harm. Is it is I think, um, and that's why th- that's why it, it came in my head to discuss this because actually mm. my eating of sugars is a form of self harm. Sometimes it's a form of reward, uh, well, not a reward, but of like I can't continue. You know, I've had a lot going on where I've, you know I am a mum, and mm-hmm. I've had I've had to really be a mum this week, and you know as I am anyway, but really step up and hold everything together, and because I'm having to be that adult. I'm then looking for my sugars. I'm looking for sweets. I'm looking for treats. Um, it's, it's like, it's that, I always remember my friend saying once, she said to me, do you know what? It's that moment when you're looking around the room to try and find the adult and you realise it's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Let's not eat sugars. Let's not eat chocolate instead, you know. So, um so there's, there's that kind of helping me to hold it together. There's that kind of reward of like, there, there, it will be all right. It's all going to be okay. Treat is. And, but there's also that form of, of that self-harm that, you know, I eat this and I'm really going to hurt, you know. Sweets and sugar make me bad. You know, why, what, what in God's name or anyone's name is making me eat chocolate? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the problem is, I go for a vegan if I go for some vegan chocolate that hasn't got the, the dairy in, and they're even got even more sugar in than normal chocolate. They are so full of sugar. Overcompensate. It's like mm-hmm. when you see sugar free, and then you get to the little. Uh, in, I always check the ingredients and look to see, and then at the bottom you've got sucralose, aspartame, and you think, yeah, girl, yeah no, thank you, well. don't want yeah. that crap. When we're snacking on the wrong stuff, it's always the stuff that is not nutritional. Mm. <laughs> if, if it's nutritional, we don't want it. No. <laughs> don't feed me a banana today. I don't want it. I want a chocolate Well, that's the bar. thing, isn't it? When you're little, you know, little one falls over and you go, oh, there, there, have a stick of carrot. It will be yeah. better. That's not going to work the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I could see me doing that when my boys eat. Yeah, I have a carrot. They <laughs> go, What? <laughs> Excuse me, mum's having a mental breakdown. Um, yeah. No, you it, it is the old reward system. We're feeling negative. We're feeling emotions that are, are upsetting us, disturbing us. So we're looking for some kind of reward. What we should be doing is <laughs> sitting quietly and taking some deep breaths or running a nice, exactly the same things we did when we were trying not to drink way back mm. at the beginning. So it, it is going back to the basics, isn't it? Yeah. We um, need to work it, Polly. We need to work, work it. Out. We're worth it. So we'll work it. Um, so, yeah, um, I think we've both had to do a lot of adult in this week. <laughs> I think I don't want to. Can we, can we stop the world for 10 minutes? I just want to get yeah. off. Have <laughs> a break, please. Have a break, yeah. Yeah, um, I will be having a break. Um, but, yeah, it's it. whatever way, if you were to sit and look at your environment and look at the things that you do to yourself, we're all different, like you say. And self-harm is more than self-mutilation, which is what a lot of people associate with self-harm, is self-mutilation the cutting, the burning, you know, um, body piercings. Some people just go in for a lot of body piercings, pain. Some people, their self-harm is pain. 
But self-harm is what we've also done to ourselves here in um, with our alcohol and our sugars. And you go into the I Am Sober app and look at the long list of what people are trying to come off of. All the various drugs, the pornography, the, um, the sweets like you, sugars, alcohol, cigarettes, anything like that. Um, they're all trying to come off it and it's all a variation on self-harm. Um, and at first there is a certain gratification, like we said, when you open that bottle of wine and you take that first glass and you think, but that doesn't last long. And I, there was a, uh, it's 20 minutes folks, 20 minutes. That's all it gives you 20 minutes. And then it doesn't have any effect. So it's not worth it. It really isn't worth it. Sobriety is much better. And um, I said this week, yes, I have eaten my emotions this week, but to be truthful, and I'm going to justify this, we shouldn't really justify it. It's not an excuse. It's justification. I've eaten my emotions. I didn't drink them. So yeah. I call that a win. I think that's the thing, isn't it? And people listening to this, especially if you're early on in sobriety, mm -hmm. you know, your sugar cravings are probably going through the roof. You're going yep. to be wanting to replace those sugars from the alcohol with sugars. It's okay. Do it. As long as you don't drink, that's the main thing. That's yep. what you're here for is not to drink, you know. Um, we're just sort of starting to look and tackle this and, and, and realise stuff sort of a year or so on. But at the beginning, I, di I didn't care so much about my sugars and my junk food because I just didn't want to drink. And we've achieved that now. Yeah. And time has gone. So now we're at a situation and, and at a space and a time where we can sit and analyse this, talk about it, yeah. and decide what we're going to do and make a plan. So well, it's like I say, it's, it, your sobriety matures the, the longer you're into it and you move into different phases of it. And at first you just throw everything at staying sober, bubble baths, herbal teas, ice cream, chocolate, yes. Chocolate, sweeties. What, yeah, whatever. And whatever gets your endorphins as well going, the, the feel-good stuff, um, because you've suppressed all that for so long because uh, alcohol is a depressant and it suppresses so much. Um, and we're now, like you say, we're moving into a different stage where I don't so much, I don't do quit lit at the moment unless it's put in front of me and I need to read it for a reason. I do things like self-help now. I'm looking more at self-help. I mean, I was stood in the supermarket the other day and I pick up a book. The Power of Habits. <laughs> the, oh, wow. The Power okay. of Habits. It's just a magazine mm -hmm. and it's The Power of Habits. And it says, start good ones, break bad ones, change your life. And it actually does. That's, that's one of the ones that talks about alcohol. It talks about other habits on your phone eating the wrong foods, you know, all these kind of things. So I just found, I sat and read that and I thought it was so good. And I look for information. Um, now that I'm not so blinkered where I was at the beginning, because you are blinkered when you first come into sobriety, you just throw everything at it. You're so focused on it. And it's, it's a bit like, if you remember when you learned to drive, you were so focused, you gripped that steering wheel, eyes were forward mm. you, you know you wouldn't take it nowadays you like 
you'll turn the radio up, you'll, um, you're all over, you know, you broaden your view, you broaden your view. So sobriety is exactly the same kind of thing. You, you stop gripping the steering wheel so tight. (laughs) You're allowing yourself to relax a little bit. So you're looking at more ways that you can help yourself. Yeah. And sort of mend some of the self-harm. And Karina was supposed to be driving this train today, and I've completely taken over. That's absolutely fine. It's absolutely, that's what I like about me and you. We just have a chat, oh, you know. Yeah. It's just like, I will be in your kitchen one day, you know. <laughs> I will be there. We'll be sharing a pot of tea together. We will be. Um, and yeah. at some point, um, I'm hoping to get over to the UK and we can have, like, we'll all meet in the middle of the country at a spa or something where we can all sit there in, uh, you know, these nice white dressing gown things and cucumbers, patches, cucumbers on our eyes and all that kind of stuff, you know, because, hey, we've got alcohol money saved that we can spend on stuff like this because self-care is better than self-harm. It sure is. Oh, I like that one. I just thought of it and I like it. Yeah, self-care is better than self-harm. Yeah, I think that should be a mantra. Um, I think um, we've just about covered everything, are we? We have. Well, yeah. Yeah, because well, we could go on all day, really, couldn't we? So we oh, have gosh, to. Gosh, truth. That, that poor conductor, we have to give him a break and get yeah, off the and train. Sorry. I don't know about you, but my teacup is empty, so I need a replacement. Yeah. And guys, anyone who wants to come and ride the train with Karina for a little bit while I'm absent... And it's not for any anything bad or anything like that. I'm just going to, I will say, I'm going to have some surgery. So I'm going to give myself some recovery time. I'm going to look for self-care and not self-harm because if I push my luck with this one, it will be self-harm. So I am... Um, I'm learning. <laughs> you need to look after yourself. You need to be your priority and your number one. Yes. So um, I may come on crying every, every so often and say, it hurts. <laughs> oh, oh. But yeah. But no, one thing I would, I'm going to take away a couple of things from this is I'm going to try and quit the negativity because the ne- negativity will push me to a place I don't want to go, which is where I was before. If I feel my emotions are too much, I'm going to reach out to others who can give me support. And then I'll find a little corner and I'll sit and have a good cry. Okay. How about you? I'm, I'm going to take from that it's only equals pain. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a muffin top and feel uncomfortable, I'm just going to put some loose clothes on and not worry <laughs> about that because I'm stopping the sugars to be more healthy, have more energy and not have pain. And that self-care is better than self-harm. Correct. Yes. Guys, and we hope. Out. And reach yes. out. Reach out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are pulling into the station. We are going to disembark the train. Um, anyone who wants to uh, find a lot of information, a lot of resources. One thing I will say before we will touch on before we leave the podcast, Karina, you have started a um, a resource page on SoberTownPodcast.com. Do you want to just uh, let people know about that? 
because I think that's important. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's on the resources. You can just go to the resources on the SoberTownPodcast.com and you'll see lots of, of things on there. We've got Amy on Wheels and that as well. There lots of other things. But you'll you'll see me sitting on my, my Bumblebee, my Can-Am Riker. And just on there, it's just got links to my YouTube page. If there's different things on there, like there's some book reviews on there. Um, there I've just done one today that's going to go up actually about the difference in me now compared to how I was six months ago and being sober in the way that you know I can move and talk and walk um book reviews so I already mentioned that on mindfulness there's a like relaxation mindfulness app so it's just got the links on there to my youtube channel yeah and this folks is um a resource for people living in sobriety with disabilities so this is uh, for people to try and manage disabilities in sobriety. And it, it's a lot of good information because Karina herself has some disabilities that she's had to overcome. And she is managing sobriety and learning to live this wonderful life, despite the sugars. <laughs> despite the sugars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is what this resource page is. So if anybody uh, has family with disabilities or anything or has disabilities themselves, please, please go to SoberTownPodcast.com and look at the resources page. You will find a lot of information on this website. You even find um, these podcasts. Um, and these podcasts are actually on a lot of the platforms that do have podcasts. Just go to the internet or go into your podcast app and tap in Sober Town, you will find us. We enjoy riding this train. It's a beautiful train. Life is so gorgeous, despite the fact that we, um, we've been eating chocolate and stuff this week. It still <laughs> is good. And I am not giving up the sober life for anybody. I don't know about you. Not no, going back. no. No, I don't plan to, have no intention to, no intention to. No. Karina all, and I have a fear of ever drinking again. Yeah. So but I'm not going to get complacent. I'm never going to say never because no. you have to be aware all the time of, you know, that as Drifter would call it, that little trickster. Yes, that little Buffer. Um, <laughs> some people call I, to, I think I called her Winnie the Wino. Someone calls her Pen uh, Poison Penelope. She gets some yeah. really, yeah, she gets some really, really good names. You can call yeah. her whatever you like as long as you smack her out the door. Anyway, folks, <laughs> we are at the station. We will disembark and we will come back with you. Karina will be here again, hopefully with someone that she can uh, have some fun with. So please take care. And remember, no sippy, no slippy. I'm from Karina. Not another drop, no matter what. And yes. good luck. We'll be thinking of you. How lovely, Thank you, Polly. sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Guys, bye for now. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. -bye.